electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast. Russia pulling troops back from the Ukrainian border and Deputy National Security Advisor Dalip Singh says the U.S. is aiming to keep it that way. As with all things Russia, actions speak louder than words. If there's a troop or a tank that crosses the border, we're ready to impose the most severe sanctions ever levied on Russia. And we're going DTC, direct to consumer. Men's brand Tommy John has nabbed a new partner to help meet buyers anywhere. The former CEO behind names like Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein, Manny Chirico. This brand, when you think about the Tommy John brand, has the potential to be a billion dollar global lifestyle brand. It has that kind of consumer recognition. Those stories, plus whale watching, a surprising new investment at Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. And Joe Kernan is back and licking his wounds from Super Bowl 56. I shouldn't have gotten back on the bandwagon, bottom line. Yes. It's Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one. Cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And gentlemen, welcome back. It's good to have both of you back here. Good afternoon. The Secretary General will uh, preview the meeting of NATO. Russia has amassed a fighting force in and around Ukraine, unprecedented since the Cold War. Everything is now in place for a new attack. But Russia still has time to step back from the brink. It looks like we could have some movement on the Russian border. The Russians potentially moving some troops off of the border, and that's good news for the markets. You did see things go from negative territory for the futures to positive, just as those headlines were hitting early this morning. So we'll continue to watch this very closely. Yesterday, Treasury yields came down in the early hours on concerns uh, about what was happening around the Russian-Ukraine border. This morning, though, you're looking at uh, yields that are on the upswing. Tenure is above 2 percent, 2.036 percent. It did move pretty rapidly yesterday on the comments that Bullard was making right here on Squawk Box. Uh, the two-year note this morning at 1.594%. And if you want to take a look at energy, this was huge yesterday, too. Uh, WTI was actually up by about 2.5% yesterday, closed at $95.46. It's coming down pretty rapidly on those same headlines, down this morning to 92.67. And natural gas, which closed up by about 6.5% yesterday, is higher by about 4%. This is the bigger story, obviously, what happens with natural gas, because because Europe is so reliant on Russian gas. But, Joe, this does look like it's the big story this morning. Been thinking back and forth about, you know, I don't, what we know about Vladimir Putin and, and the whole notion of what's happening, it's just, it's hard for us to know. We just, we just have to wait and see, I guess. I, I don't understand the entire buildup in the first place. It's very expensive 
All for not, all for not. Well, if if he gets a NATO concession from from Ukraine, or, he, may, he may not get a NATO concession, but he has made his point. And yesterday we were speaking with Michael Hanlon from uh, the Brookings Institution. Hanlon, he was yeah. talking about how maybe you would have the ability to do something to say like it's a place where nobody's going to go for now. Basically, Russia is going to have to pull its forces out of Donbas, and then we will stop arming the Ukrainian military. And we will commit that if if Ukraine is left alone and given its sovereign rights as a as an independent country and Russia doesn't attack and a new framework that, you know, has some verification from the OSCE and other mechanisms like that to confirm that Russia has pulled its forces out. If all that works, then we will continue to indefinitely delay and perhaps someday move beyond the idea of Ukraine and NATO. He's not a guy that, that loses face. No. Typically, no, but the Russian stock market is in correction territory. So the, the it's not just the markets here that are reacting to these. They've things. never had an economy yeah. over there either. Right. Yeah. It's always been. And he loves the idea of, of regaining some of the superpower status, which would include expanding uh, westward from. But who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. And, and it's so weird. Yesterday we hear from our own State Department. Uh, about it could be imminent. And then Zelensky, the, the Ukrainian president, who was a comedian, uh, he, he says, oh, they're, they're going to come Wednesday. And it was a sarcastic comment. He was totally being right. sarcastic about the whole. So it's, it's I don't know how <laughs> you, you joke about it. You can't make sarcastic comments when you are the leader of a nation like that. Right. Yeah. It's hard for me to, to, to make, you know, sarcasm is hard enough. People never understand mine. And when it's delivered in Ukrainian, uh, you know, I don't know whether we can, you know, definitely guarantee that that's that it was sarcasm. I don't know what's going to happen. But here's what's new overnight. Some troops, Russia's defense ministry announced uh, the start of a pullback of some forces uh, after drills that raised the alarm in the West about a military assault uh, on Ukraine. That's where we got it's a lot of troops, a lot of tanks, a lot of uh, airplanes, a lot of things in the area. But according to uh, the Russian news agency Interfax, this summer, units of the Western and Southern military districts will begin returning to permanent bases after completing some exercises. A defense ministry spokesman said that some military exercises, including the ones in Belarus and in the Black Sea, uh, would continue. I don't know. I don't know how to figure it out. I, I think he, he'd really like Ukraine, I would think. He can control all the the flow of, of hydrocarbons all over Europe if he had Ukraine. It gives him, would give him a lot of power, and he loves power, so I don't know. But he's not going to do anything until the Olympics are over, folks. Why? why? If people say that, then why wouldn't he do it? Because I, he doesn't want to upset Mr. Xi. That has been an right. important relationship. I uh, actually, relationship I, with China. Which is the new alliance that we probably really should worry call, about. Call me in a week. Call me in a week is my view on this. So you don't think it's Wednesday then, tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Look, part of this, part of what you're already seeing set up is the disinformation campaign to say we never had any intention of this. This is just the warmongering of the United States to be right. saying that we were here for a reason on these things, right. to create confusion, to go through some of these issues too. Um, look, it, it would be painful for them to get into an incursion like this. It would be very... Um, not to mention expensive, not just for what they're doing there, but the potential for the blockades. If we if we say forget it, we're not going to allow any of the banking to go back and forth. If it actually goes to some of the personal assets for Putin, that's a big deal, too. Um, maybe he's made his point without 
without getting into some of the the most damaging things that he could be doing with this. And we'll see what happens. How was O'Hanlon said that? When was that? Last week? No, too. he was on us with. Yeah, he was with us last week and again yesterday. Last week he said he wasn't going to do it. Yesterday he said he's a little more nervous about it, but he still believes ultimately he will not go ahead with the invasion. So right. we'll see. Let's go to Washington, D.C., because the mayor will allow the city's mask mandate to expire on February 28th. It removes the requirement from restaurants and bars and gyms, sports venues, grocery stores and other retail establishments. Masks will still be required in schools, healthcare facilities and any private businesses that chooses to require them. Separately, proof of vaccination will no longer be required at restaurants and entertainment venues. So uh, a little bit of good news as things start to lift. Of course, there are questions about it, but uh, it does seem like we are headed in the right direction. What do you think, Joe? You know what I think. Um, <laughs> Microsoft announced plans to, to open its offices in Washington State and California's Bay Area on February 28th. It postponed its return uh, to office back in September of last year. It says the offices will be open to employees, uh, visitors, and guests. Um, you were in the game, right? Andrew, did, there were like six masks at the game. I was one of them, though. <laughs> oh, I know. I saw you. I saw you out there. I you was. had the duck-billed platypus thing going with like 8,000 people around you. You were... Yep. I know. I know. God bless I you. I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, uh, I know. Some whale watching. This one worked out pretty well. Berkshire Hathaway purchased about a billion dollars of Activision uh, Blizzard shares in the fourth quarter according to a filing, and the purchase came just before Microsoft agreed to buy the video game uh, publisher. Activision stock was as low as $56 and change in the fourth quarter after a lawsuit, you might recall, in California, accused the company of fostering a sexist uh, culture, paying women less than men. The stock jumped about 25%, though, after Microsoft announced its plans uh, to buy that company. Becky. Still trading well below the cash offer that Microsoft has yeah. offered on that. What is it? 95? Bex, do you think, though, that to me is a, a Ted or a Todd investment? That does not feel like a, a Warren investment. What do you think? Probably. I mean, it's the type of investment where you might see those guys get interested first, um, just because they probably know more about the industry. Um, I think it's actually, me. it feels more Toddish even than Tedish, but, you know, hard to guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Obviously, with all of them making decisions on this, you could have anybody making the, the decision to get in, but you're right. It does seem, because it's such a high-tech industry, maybe not one that he had been as focused on. Um, should point out some other... And small dollar number. That was my other right, thought. Right, right. That, that's, that's a very good point. Um, should point out some other Berkshire news as well. Tom Murphy is resigning. He's served on the board of directors since 2003. In a statement yesterday, CEO Warren Buffett said, Tom Murphy has taught me more about running a business than any other person. We have been friends and mental partners for more than 50 years. My only regret is that I didn't meet him earlier. Tom phoned me today and said that recovering from a recent bout with COVID convinced him that he would feel more comfortable ending his activities at Berkshire. I accepted his wish. He will continue as a major shareholder and a friend. Murphy's a pretty iconic figure in the media industry. He was the chairman of, and CEO of Cap Cities ABC until 1996. He started out as a general manager for the Hudson Valley Broadcasting Co Company's television stations back in the 1950s and quickly worked his way up the ranks. He built Cap Cities from a small broadcasting company to a huge media conglomerate. In 1986, along with Dan Burke, he engineered the acquisition of ABC by Cap Cities. 
ABC Cap Cities was eventually bought by Disney in 1995 for $19 billion. In fact, here's former Disney CEO Bob Iger speaking about Murphy in his exclusive exit interview with CNBC. Tom Murphy just exuded integrity in, uh, in every single thing he did and taught me and reminded me, really, because I guess in ways my parents taught me the importance of integrity, he reminded me of just how important it was in every single decision you make and every single interaction you have with people in a job. Guys, Murphy is also known for his financial prowess. Warren has told stories over the years about Tom and how close friends they were and just how much he learned from him. One of the things he talked about was how Tom was able to, like, really make things seem really big, even without spending a lot of money. I think one of the very early stations he ran, uh, WWOR, maybe. Uh, Warren's talked about this, about how, you know, they only had one news truck, but I think Tom named it news truck number seven or something along those lines, just to make it look like they had a fleet of trucks out there and was able to do those things on the small side until they did actually get really, really big. On a separate note on Berkshire, tomorrow Charlie Munger is set to hold court at the Daily Journal shareholder meeting. He's going to be answering shareholder questions virtually starting at 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can submit your questions today by sending an email to dailyjournalquestions at cnbc.com. I've been going through all those questions. I will ask Charlie as many as possible when they come up. Becky, you know, I'm not over uh, Sunday. I'm not over it. Uh, I know. I, I'm I, sorry. Congratulations to, to I, the Rams. I, I, might I was just, rooting for the Bengals with you. I might just suggest to the Bengals, speaking of draft picks, couple of offensive linemen, maybe a couple of really Protect big the quarterback. ones. Yeah. Yeah, if you have a great quarterback, be nice if he had more than 0.3 seconds uh, to throw a pass before he was like pushed into the ground by Aaron Donald and, and smushed. I thought his other I thought his other knee was going to get, you know, blown Joe Burrow out. is going to have his time. He, he's going to be there for a long time. to come. I hope so. But yeah. it was just there. You know, it kind of ruined everything. It really did. It ruined everything for me. The whole I shouldn't have gotten back on the bandwagon, bottom line. I shouldn't have yes. been hoping. I should have stayed off. I, I, was, I, I, was, I was impressed by how quiet you were about your fandom. I, I, you were doing it, them a favor. I'm also not sure about that outfit. I think you should win a Super Bowl before, before you, wear you wear that wear outfit. Before you wear the crazy outfit. I, I think you should never wear that outfit, honestly. What's that? You should never wear that outfit, honestly. It was, it was, it was out. With confidence, if it's combined with a little bit of Ohio humility... Yes. I think that it, it's probably better. Great. I'm taking my Ohio humility right to this next break. When we come back, a report from Ukraine and the deputy national security advisor joins us from the White House lawn with a dire warning to Russia. Of course, our goal is peace and to uphold the principle that you can't redraw borders by force. You can't subjugate the will of a sovereign country by force. We're ready to start at the top of our escalation ladder and stay there again in lockstep with our allies and partners. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. 
specialised across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. Russia says some of its military units are returning to their bases near Ukraine, buoying markets, as you can see from the futures, and raising the prospect of cooling tensions in Eastern Europe. NBC's Matt Bradley is in Ukraine, joins us now with more. Hello, Matt. Hey there, Joe. Yeah, some positive signs that uh, just today uh, we heard uh, that the Russian troops were withdrawing. And then we also heard from the Kremlin, from Dmitry Peskov, the spokesperson, that, you know, they were always planning on withdrawing the troops because they were doing these exercises. And then after the exercises were finished, the idea was that these troops would go back to their permanent placements. Now, the Russians have withdrawn troops before, actually three times in the last three months. But this also comes on the heels of very bizarre scripted comments, almost like a scripted choreographed dialogue between um, Russia's top diplomat and Russian President Vladimir Putin, in which the two men seemed to kind of signal that they were going to stick with diplomacy. So all of this then, of course, comes on the heels of a massive increase in temperature around this crisis just over the weekend. So, guys, I would say maybe don't pin your hopes on every single turn of the screw in this story because there are a lot of changes back and forth. But this does seem to be, for this very moment, like a lowering of the temperature here uh, around this issue on Ukraine. Guys? That was... uh that was classic, that uh, totally scripted that, uh, that, that you pointed out where Putin goes, yes, let's try that. Uh, and, and you know, it's that too many. Matt, would there be any reason to sort of uh, for, for Putin to dissemble, to make this a surprise, make it even. I mean, would it make sense to pretend that you're pulling back just to lull Ukraine into a false sense of security and then surprise him? He doesn't need to do that. I mean, he's got overwhelming force, right? I mean, Joe, you have to then ask the question, does it make sense for Putin to invade at all? I mean, politically, economically, he has quite a lot more to lose than he has to gain. So I don't know if he would necessarily do that. But there is something that's been going on in the Duma in Moscow. They just approved legislation to allow Russia to recognize those two breakaway so-called people's republics of Luhansk and Donetsk. That's east of where I am. Those were republics uh, that are made up by Russian-backed separatists or Russian-led separatists here in Ukraine back in 2014 when Russia first invaded. Now, that's going to Putin's desk. And if Putin does sign, and it looks like he will, that would essentially tacitly invalidate the Minsk agreements that have been moving along uh, and have been under discussion with European allies. So that could be another point of contention and another moment at which you could see this flare up again. But again, it's hard to say. It's really impossible to forecast this. Right. Right. If you if you recognize the separatists, that seems like I don't know. Uh, that, that was a good analysis. So, uh, Matt, and, and uh, I've never been to Ukraine. How was it? Not bad. Like it? It's gotten a lot warmer over the past week, I have to say. When I got <laughs> okay. here three weeks ago, it was freezing. It was like Siberia. But it's yeah, a lovely so place. You should Siberia go. Siberia to me means vodka. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not everyone. Anyway, Matt, thank <laughs> you. It's good, good to have you on. All right. Let's talk right now about what U.S. and international sanctions could look like if Russia does go ahead with the invasion of Ukraine. 
Joining us now is Dalip Singh. He is Deputy National Security Advisor for International Economics, who also serves as Deputy Director of the National Economic Council and a Deputy Assistant to the President. And uh, Dalip, just looking at uh, what we've seen today, you know, Russia certainly seems to be signaling that maybe it's stepping, stepping back a bit, but NATO's Secretary General Stoltenberg is saying that he hasn't seen any evidence of any sort of a de-escalation on the ground at this point. What do you believe? Yeah, Becky, good morning. Uh, as with all things Russia, actions speak louder than words. We're going to monitor uh, everything that we see on the ground very carefully. And of course, our goal is peace uh, and to uphold the principle that you can't redraw borders by force. You can't subjugate the will of a sovereign country by force. And the only way for us to reach those goals is to demonstrate resolve. So yes, if there's a troop or a tank that crosses the border, we're ready to impose the most severe sanctions ever levied on Russia in lockstep with our allies and partners. If they don't actually use tanks to cross the border, but uh, Putin does go ahead and sign this agreement or this bill that's come from the Duma that says we recognize the separatists in these two areas of Ukraine, what does that do if he's undoing the Minsk Accords? Yeah, Becky, there are endless possibilities. I mean, if, if he goes forward and recognizes uh, the, the, the actions that are currently uh, uh, with the Duma, uh, that is a violation of Ukraine's sovereignty. We would respond. There would be costs. Would it be the similar response as, as it would be to, to tanks actually rolling over the border? Well, you know, context is everything, Becky. I don't want to get into the hypotheticals of exactly what would unfold and what we would do. But suffice it to say, that would be a serious uh, mistake by Putin and we would respond. So what would these economic sanctions look like? Well, look, I was at the Treasury Department in 2014 uh, when we designed sanctions after uh, Russia invaded Crimea. And back then, uh, we moved gradually up the escalation ladder. Uh, we'd never before sanctioned a country as large, as complex, and as connected as Russia. Uh, so we had to be very careful about how to maximize impact while limiting contagion. We've learned a lot since 2014. We know exactly where Russia's pressure points are. Uh, foreign capital, dollars and euros, were and are an obvious choice. So are uh, foreign uh, technologies, critical inputs uh, that are necessary for Putin to diversify his economy and to realize his strategic ambitions. So this time, we're ready to start at the top of our escalation ladder and stay there, again, in lockstep with our allies and partners. Where does personal sanctions against Putin and his fortune fall uh, on that ladder? Is that something that is more threatening to him? Is that something that's more concerning? Because that hasn't been something that's been used in the past. Yeah, uh, Becky, the president has spoken to this, uh, and no option is off the table because we don't know what's on the table for President Putin. And so at this point, we're not going to truncate any part of the probability distribution in terms of what Putin might do. And we're taking no options off the table in terms of how we might respond. One of the things that's been very beneficial to Russia through all of this is higher oil prices, which topped $95 a barrel yesterday. Has there been some thought as to considering oil and considering it in terms of national security, not just in terms of you know, being concerned about what it means for the economy here, being concerned about what it means from a, a more green perspective. In the past, recent past, at least, it hasn't been a big deal because we've had access to so much of it here in the United States. But with the United States drilling less, it seems like it has become much more of a national security issue. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, if, if Putin decides to weaponize his energy supplies, it would be a major mistake. Everybody knows uh, that Europe imports about 40 percent of its natural gas from Russia. 
but Russia is also incredibly dependent on the West as a consumer for its energy supplies. Uh, Two-thirds of Russia's export revenues come from oil and gas. Half of its budget revenues come from oil and gas. And so this is a, this is a long-term vulnerability for President Putin. If he weaponizes energy supply, that's only going to accelerate Europe's and the West's diversification away from Russian energy. Uh, but let me just say again, we're prepared for whatever might unfold. In the short term, we've been working very actively with Europe to surge natural gas supplies from North Africa, uh, from the Middle East, and from Asia to make sure that Europe can get through the winter. Uh, on oil prices, you know, there are a range of tools and authorities that are at our disposal that we could pursue in coordination with oil producers and oil consumers to make sure that we have steady oil supplies uh, in the event of a disruption as, and as we make a transition to cleaner energy. I don't want to go into the specifics at this point, but we do have a range of, of tools and authorities and we're actively exploring them. Dilip, this idea of using Russian oil, Russian natural gas, um, that's something that Germany and our allies have been doing for a very long time, probably us included, going all the way back to World War II, as a way of trying to keep them in the loop and making sure that they had real skin in the game with making sure there weren't these sort of conflagrations, that there, there weren't issues where this was going to flare up. Should we be questioning that entire idea if Vladimir Putin is once again going to bring us to the brink on this? Yeah, ultimately, this is Putin's choice. If he wants to sequester Russia uh, from Western economies as a consumer of oil and gas, from Western technology, and from Western financial markets, that's a major strategic mistake. China cannot be a substitute for all that the West provides. I mean, let's remember, the G7 is more than 50% of global GDP. China is about 15%. Uh, if you look at the dollar and the euro, these are the dominant reserve currencies of the world in terms of how how people make payments, how they store wealth, uh, and how they borrow money. The renminbi is in the low single digits as a share of those totals. And if you look at foundational technologies, AI, quantum, biotech, hypersonic flight, robotics, uh, they come from the West where entrepreneurship and technology flourish. Uh, China imports 300 billion in semiconductors each year. And so this would be a major blunder if Putin decides that he wants to isolate himself from the West. And there will also be consequences for China if it shuts itself off from, uh, from Western economies, Western technology, Western capital markets. I thought we were the ones who were dependent on semiconductors coming from China at this point. Well, if you look at leading edge chips uh, and where they're designed, uh, that's really where the U.S. continues to define the productive frontier. China produces and designs virtually none of those chips. Dilip Singh, thank you very much. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, we're talking underwear. Underwear? You had a great relationship with Tommy John. I got that same relationship with Spanx, and it's necessary. Tommy John has locked in a new partner to help push its undergarments into Omnichannel. The founder, the partner, and some secrets to looking good on TV. Let me sit up straight. Right after this. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. 
brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Canva. Stand Andrew by. You're listening to Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Andrew. If you watch Squawk Box regularly over the past decade, you probably know that I have been a fan, and maybe you've even seen the ads on our air, uh, of a, uh, a company called Tommy John. And many years ago, when we would sit out in New Jersey together, I decided I needed to wear undershirts, and I finally I found this, this company. Uh, and here we are. Uh, we're joined this morning uh, as this company is announcing a new partnership, and it's actually kind of fascinating to have watched the growth of this little company. Tom Patterson is here. He's the co-founder and CEO of Tommy John. Also, uh, Manny Chirico is here, partner of private equity firm LNK Partners. Manny is also the former CEO of PVH Corp., one of the largest fashion and lifestyle companies in the world. Mr. Patterson, I remember going to visit you when you were like a little, you remember, you, you were like a little, it was like one room was like the whole company was the whole company, and now it's turned into this, and Manny is part of it, and what's what's happening here? And I'm still wearing the undershirts. <laughs> well, thanks for having us on. It certainly came a long way since since those days when you were coming through our original office, Andrew. But yeah, you know, we, we're here to announce a really exciting partnership with LNK Partners. LNK has a, a track record of funding founder-led businesses, and we, we're just thrilled to have David Landau and Manny Chirico now on our board. You know, Manny is a, a pioneer in the industry, someone my wife Erin and I have known for a really long time, and we just couldn't be more excited to start this partnership. And really, it's going to allow us to achieve our long-term goals much faster, especially with someone with his experience on board. Hey, Manny, we've had you on a million times. This is this is like this is like a great thing to to see. I'm excited for you guys, to be honest, because. I do feel a sort of strange kinship with this company. Not that I, I mean, Tom is the founder of it, of course, I, but I feel like I, I sort of found them when they were just literally starting this thing. And now all of a sudden they're everywhere. Uh, when you look at what this company is now, what it could be, I mean, I start to think of what Sarah Blakely created uh, with Spanx. I mean, are we in that league in terms of what kind of valuation you think might ultimately get ascribed to this kind of thing? Look, I, I think this brand when you think about the Tommy John brand, it has the potential to be a billion-dollar global lifestyle brand. Um, it has that kind of consumer recognition. It, it's been a company and a brand that I've watched for the last five or six years that I've known Tom and Aaron. Um, and it's been something that's always interested me. They've, they've, you know, it's a digitally native brand that's grown online dramatically. But the thing that's always been so interesting to me about it since I've known them well enough is from the beginning, they've always been profitable. So a lot of these digital native brands that I looked at to potentially acquire when we were at uh, when I was running uh, PVH, one of the real challenges was nobody made any money. Everybody could tell you how they're going to grow the top line, but nobody could figure out how you're going to actually make money at the end of the day. Um, Tom and Aaron built a business that's profitable that has premium positioning and has the potential to be a billion dollar brand over time with the right growth and, uh, and, and with, the, with the right leadership. Well, Tom, they're profitable. Uh, Manny, they're profitable because they, they, 
the undershirts are too expensive, but Tom knows I've been complaining about that from the beginning. Tom, here's the question for you. And how, how did you, how have you done this profitably? Because most D to C businesses don't do it that way. And, and also speak to the cost of, of customer acquisition today versus what it used to be. Yeah, you know, it's a great question. We started off as a wholesale business, getting into retailers like Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom. So our our history, we were built to be an omnichannel business. We certainly pivoted the business more direct to consumers starting in 2013, 2014. And I think as we've seen our business grow, we've been able to self-fund our growth, build our infrastructure without the need to continue to raise money to fuel our growth. You know, and, and having a balance of healthy top line and bottom line growth over 14 years has really allowed us to do, I think, the right things long-term. Our goal, Andrew, is to be a relevant household name 10 to 20 years from now. We've never been interested in growing fast just to chase a number. You know, we 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 don't want to fall, fall out of favor of the consumer at the end of the day. So, you know, when we think about the future of online, look, customer acquisition, customer acquisition costs continue to go up. It's becoming more competitive. But, you know, we plan to double our wholesale footprint in 2022. Women's is close to 40% of our business in less than four years. We expect that to be close to 50% of our business by 2024. So I think we've really started to establish ourselves as a dual gender omnichannel brand with the goal of really being wherever the consumer is. Because we have a lot of CEOs who are watching and CMOs, what's working in terms of, of customer acquisition right now? Is Facebook working for you? Is Insta doing it? Are you on TikTok? What, what's, what's happening? By the way, I see you advertising on Linear right here oftentimes. I mean, look, we're, we're really everywhere at the, at the end of the day. I think we can all agree that acquisition costs are very volatile almost by the day or the hour on all these channels. I think you really need to continue to test new channels constantly. And what works today oftentimes doesn't work tomorrow. And you have to be but able to But what's working pivot. right now, Tom? You know, if I could jump in, Andrew, one thing I would say is um, that, yes, customer acquisition cost continues to be a challenge from a cost point of view. But one of the great advantages that Tommy John has is they have an amazing loyalty from their customers. Their repeat customers are dramatic. And that's something that you earn over time. And that's something that that customer keeps coming back to replenish their wardrobe and that has been a big part of the company's success is keeping that base customer and growing that, that customer going forward where it's not as expensive, obviously, with repeat customers. And that balance has been critical to their success. Tom and Manny, uh, we got to leave the conversation there. I am wearing the undershirts. I don't know what Joe is wearing. Joe, what do you got on right now? You, 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 what did you say you had some type of really... Uh... I mean, I don't know why. I, this is TMI. You had a great relationship with Tommy Dunn. I got that same relationship with Spanx. And it's necessary. It's Spanx. And it is necessary. Yes. I can either hold my breath permanently or, right. uh, or wear Spanx. It's one or the other. Tom, You'll see. You, oh, is Tom still there? Tom, do you still do? No, Tom used to do. Tom, did you ever do? You're touching, uh, uh, you were touching one of the problems just there, in fact. But I, no, no. Huh? Tom, do you yeah, do I mean, one of those? Let me talk to Tom. Do you do Tom, one of those Tom. T-shirts or no? No, no. I, I would say we're we're more focused on comfort. Comfort's kind of our. Well, these are our not comfortable. The this day. is not comfortable. But but Tom, <laughs> do you know what? I don't want to get into all this. I, I, the hair is important, so I take this stuff, Propecia. 
to keep the hair. It has some other things that happen, which hence the spanks. Hence the spanks. I mean, I try to do push-ups. I, I try to do everything, but it's just one of those uh, one of those things I'm disclosing to to everyone right now. You need maybe to get into this uh, into this area, this this uplifting uh, area, this sort of sculpting area. Isn't this a, a possibility? Uh, I'm for being the f- brought into this conversation. Hold on a second. No, I don't think so. No, what they I just said? put me up on screen. It's like, oh. yeah, get me out of here. <laughs> Comfort's got no, nothing to do with it. No, but Tom does do. He's holding no, but his his underwear does a different holding oh situation. Oh my god! I don't know. Well, that's <laughs> fine. He does okay. ads about you know, it. He does ads about that's it. That's right. <laughs> that's the that's it's part of the the proposition of the whole thing. That's <clears throat> that's there's gravity at work there too, Andrew. You're right. Thing. We've been talking about Lululemon ABC pants for a long time. Yes. Come on. Yes. 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 You're right. You are you are right. Let me sit up. Tom straight. is that, just. Holding his, he's just, he's just, he's just looking at the camera. He can't believe to where you took it. Face. I, did, I was I ready feel like to go to. I'm the one who has the most comfortable undergarments. <laughs> and that is Squawk Pod for today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at six Eastern to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears. Follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend to follow too. And thank you for listening. We will meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.